me now. Everybody's missing weeks. No, don't even try that. Mannequin Joey's out, like a hypochondriac mannequin Joey. Like, what, what? He got a failing liver and he's got to get his oil changed. <laughs> well, those are necessary things. Mark fell hours. What's up, brother? Life gets in the way, I guess. Thanks for short notice. I'm five minutes away. Oh, no big deal. I got kids. I need to get away from them. And then Bob. Don't, don't Bo- say that, Mark. <laughs> Speaking of kids, Bob's down in uh, Disney World with his uh, step grandkids and his wife. And late yesterday, he's like, uh, now dig this. The airline bumped us. So uh, I'm going to be delayed a day. As if there's only one flight out of Orlando to Metro Airport. Maybe he was flying Airport. standby. I mean, if you're flying standby, well, what airline stand is it? Standby with your grandkids? I guess. I don't know how oh, people come on. travel. Look, man, it is a work ethic problem well, maybe. in this region. Maybe he was on spirit. <laughs> Everybody wants here. something and they don't want to work for it. I'm here. Mark is here. Charlie is here. I'm always here. That's all that matters. God damn it. You need to find out what Bob got for being bumped. He better got me some mouse ears, the prick. <laughs> he got drunk. That's what he got. Drunk. He just didn't know what day he was actually coming back, if I know Bob. And then and then Mark's here looking for the intro. Can't find shit. Right? So we went with the old one. Uh, yeah. I love that. I love the ventures anyway. Uh got a great show today. We have Dan Miller, the voice of the Detroit Lions. And the sports director at Fox 2 News. A lot, a lot of sports news going on. And I like sports, Karen. Yeah, there are a lot. It's always endless. You know, when, you, when, when I travel, I look, everything is either news or sports. Like, you don't really have too many other options. Sports is huge. Sports and, is and news And Dan now. has a great reputation. You know, I was traveling somewhere, and they said, do you know Dan Miller? Absolutely. They were very, yeah. So he's, uh, he's uh, legendary. And we have um, Bonnie, the white chick, who's doing time in the county can. White she, people go to jail? White, I, as Bob was saying, uh, you know, uh, as a white man, uh, my, my officer is going to let me go, you know, and I feel I feel for the black man that's locked up at the county jails, and I'm like, what white people do you come from? What is she in for? Drunk driving, I believe. You know, it, it happens. Sounds about white. It sounds about white. <laughs> I knew you liked that. So, you know, Bonnie's uh, uh, does weekends or whatever. Look, I checked her out. Her real name's not Bonnie, but okay. she could tell us what's going on there. And that's important because we're in a national election and the county executive, who's responsible for the jail and deathly silent on the conditions there, has now backed Bloomberg, who's going to have to deal with his lock em up time in New York. And I was there. And I'll tell you a little bit, you know, later, like, what happened to me with that stop and frisk, because I got it, too. Okay. I'll tell you right now, I got a gun put in my face by undercover cops. Really? You didn't know they were cops. A little flash of silver. My, okay, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> my wife and I were drinking. You know, we, we, you do that, and we're coming out of a place uh, on 2nd Avenue, arguing about getting in the car. You know, it goes. It happens. And all of a sudden, a, a white dude and an Asian dude out of nowhere came running at us. I saw a flash of silver, flash of silver, like a badge. Mm-hmm. And they pushed me to the ground. My wife took off. And he says, police, don't move. And he's got a fucking gun on me. For this me. is the truth. God honest truth. He got, the, I don't know, because I mean, we're not fucking around in New York anymore. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Okay. That was New York. And my wife took off, and I just said to the guy, I don't know you to fucking please. I don't know you to show me the badge, show me the badge, show me the badge. And he showed it to me again, and I'm like, what the fuck? That's what was going on. Is there any explanation? None. No. No, right. I never got their names. Were you arrested or no. detained in any capacity? No. no. The guy ran her down. Asian dude ran her down. 
verifies, you know, she's my wife, I'm her husband, we're going home in a cab. Oh, wow. That's what, the, you know. What a romantic ending. That's tonight. how you turn, like, wow. you know, the maggot apple around. It, it was, yeah. you know, and people like it disnified. So imagine people who fit the description, uh, as he has often shared, of what a suspicious person and or criminal would look like. Black dude. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Brown dude, but I'm yep. telling you. Uh, again, not, I'm not even diminishing that. That's right. acknowledged. And you shouldn't. I don't know where Bob's from, but, you know, this shit seems, you know, and I'm, you know, look at me, I'm Italian, you know, I'm all mixed, but I'm white, right? But I'm all of that, but a cop seen like a, you know, fucking Italian guy. We all get it. Oh, wow. Danny's out. Okay. So you're going to have to, if that, if, as we've been discussing, and it's a new thing of ours, these are the conditions at the county jail and 70% of people in there on any given day are black men and it's fucking fetid and unhealthy and should be shut down. You're going to have to answer that. And in this election cycle, sir, if you're listening, you're going to fix it. And Madam Governor, I don't care if you call me, you're going to, listen, this is Charlie LaDuff. It's not the free press. (laughs) You're going to, you're going to fix it. We're not waiting a number of years. We've already waited 50 years. Long time. Anyhow, before we do that, I just want to bring you a word from our sponsors, American Coney Island. Huh? Yes, of course. When you say American Coney Island, you say Detroit, American Coney Island, the city's oldest family run restaurant and birthplace of the famous Coney dog, chili mustard, and Vidalia onions, not just some bullshit onions, Vidalia, cream of the crop. <laughs> Downtown at the corner of Lafayette and Michigan, can't miss it. It's the landmark, the big one. 1800s buildings, right only on ones corner. left, right? Uh, it's red, white, and blue, shaped like a slice of pie, which they have fresh every morning as well. Perfect for all your whatever needs. I didn't change the script, but it's perfect for everything. They cater, blah, blah, blah. You can call the shop. You can go to AmericanConeIsland.com. You can get you, a Coney kit. You can send kits to any friend of yours in the continental United States. Or an enemy. Even Alaska. <laughs> Even Hawaii, all yeah. 50 states. Yep. Um, always delicious, always open, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365, American Coney Island. And my pal Luke, Luke Nowacki, who understands how this joint works. <laughs> Luke wants you to know that maybe you're a big-time city official who can travel with your entourage on the city's dime. Maybe you're his contributor, who in turn gets hooked up with the government contracts. But if you're not among the elite in this country who can make your pal's pockets fat off the taxpayer's back, if you actually work for a living, you're going to want to save some of that. You're going to want to grow some of that. You want to provide for your own retirement. And there's Karen. If you have questions whether you're on the right track, call financial specialist Luke Nowacki at 248-663-4748. Grow your assets from annuities to individual retirement accounts known as IRAs to college savings plans, to good old stocks and bonds, and cash. Make that call now. Your politicians, not to mention your children, are dependent on you. Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. Securities and Investment Advisory Service Officer, Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., is separately owned, and other entities or marketing names, products, or services, reference here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. <laughs> Woo! Wow. That's pretty good, right? It's a little, I try to give these things a little effort, Mark. I know you work on the other shows, but I really try to give it some effort. Oh, it shows. We know that. Because we do appreciate it. Just some real quick news. I just, another newspaper chain just 
bites it. McClatchy goes bankrupt, files Chapter 11. That's the Sacramento Bee. That's 160 years old. Miami Herald, the Kansas City Star. That's where Ernest Hemingway got his beginning. Look. Things are changing, Charlie. This is the deal. I said it before. I'll say it again. Things like this podcast, things like Deadline Detroit, right? You can make them smaller. You just got to do the work and be interesting and care. That old fucking paint by numbers doesn't work. It doesn't, Charles. There are too many other platforms. Everybody has a voice. Everybody has an opinion. So you've got to rise above and do what journalism was supposed to do. Which is? Tell the truth. Uncover the story. Do the homework. Keep the people informed. Keep them informed, engaged, not enraged. Trouble the conscience. Yep, and keep and keep keep folks honest. You know, I mean, but you got to do the homework. You got to stay away from the parties. Uh, you can't be friends with the people that you cover. Uh, and you got to you just got to do what you're supposed to do. You got to do like Charlie does. That's what you have to yeah, do. Do like I do. That music didn't really fit that story. No, it did. We'll make it work. But I know what you were doing because <laughs> uh, that's Dan Miller on the line. You there, Danny? Yes, sir. How you doing, Charlie? Good to hear you, brother. How are you? Dan Miller, voice of the Detroit Lions and the sports director of Fox 2 News. A gentleman, really, a scholar. He really is. Man, you, dude, you're worldwide, brother. I appreciate you, man. Kind words. I appreciate you. It's good to talk to you. Now, listen, Luke Nowacki, he's a financial specialist. You heard us uh, talk about him, talking about how to grow your assets, right? Let's gotcha. talk. Let's talk about... The new coach at Michigan State, Mel Tucker, he just grew his assets. <laughs> yeah, he did. Five point yeah, totally four did. million. Yeah. Well, you know what? When you have a combination of one entity that's desperate and one entity that has the upper hand in the negotiation, sometimes it works out like that. And, and this whole process for Michigan State, I think the end of it worked out pretty well for them. The process and the execution of it. Didn't go so well, but I mean, it's there's a lot of layers to this, Charlie. Starting with the fact that they were in a terrible position from the timing of the resignation of Mark D'Antonio. You know, it's there, there's a period in college football when the season ends when everybody's looking for a coach and everybody's got their dance card out and everybody's filling in the names, and then it's over and everybody's got a seat and the music stops. Well, here comes Michigan State. Well, after that was over. And their head coach resigned. And all of a sudden, they've got to find a head coach in the period where that's already done. And everybody's kind of moving on to next year. So if you go back to the very beginning of this, it put the university and Bill Beekman and anybody involved in that search in a really tough position to get this done. Well, go ahead, man. Well, then why why such why such a long term contractor? I mean, I know it's pretty standard if this was back in December, but why so many years? Because he's not coming unless you do that. I mean, just that simple. Well said. Uh, they 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 were in a they were in a position where they needed they got turned down by Luke Fickle. They got turned down by numerous people. And, and let me say this: you know, you get turned down by Matt Campbell at, at Iowa State and mm-hmm. Pat Narduzzi at, at at Pitt and Robert Salah didn't want to interview all those things. Careful with those, because you don't even know how significant Michigan State's interest in them was. So that can look worse than it actually was. But the fact is, they thought they had their guy in Fickle. It didn't work out that way. They had to figure out something to do at that point. They had already been turned down by Mel Tucker, so they had to double back to him. And when you double back to him, you couldn't go back with the same offer. 
and you had to go back with a more significant offer. And I think they had to keep working until they found the sweet spot where he was going to say yes. So, uh, again, go back to what I said before. You've got one side that's desperate. That's Michigan State, who's trying to turn, you know, chicken stuff into chicken salad. And then you've got Mel Tucker, who's happy at Colorado, has a job, is making good money, and didn't need Michigan State. So you had to get it to the point where you made it there, there is one really interesting thing in the contract. Um, other people read through it. I don't have time to read through contracts. Like Char- I'm not Charlie LaDuff. Um, but there's a clause in there that if Michigan State is sanctioned by the NCAA for actions of the previous coaching staff, that however long that sanction is, that gets added on to Mel Tucker's contract. How common is that in a, in a coach's contract? You know, I wouldn't be able to tell you how many coaches have something in there, but I will tell you that that is a concern that I am sure came up whenever Michigan State talked with people. This is this is my assumption. I don't have that from anybody, but certainly with Michigan State right now facing a lawsuit from Curtis Blackwell, and in that lawsuit he alleges NCAA violations by Mark D'Antonio, um, that doesn't make your search any easier, and that's going to give pause to potential candidates we're looking at that and saying, okay, if this ends up being true, A, it's going to put a black mark on the program. B, it might affect them in terms of the NCAA. So, again, go back to what I said about having the upper hand in negotiations. Uh, he's going to be careful. And, and Michigan State was in a position where they had to say, okay, we're good with that. Again, I can't tell you nationally how many people coming into those situations have that. I guess I would throw out there that, Oftentimes, when somebody's coming into a job, they're not looking at a school that's facing a lawsuit or possibly looking at NCAA issues. And and the stink of Larry Nasser and everything else—it's a fucking mess up there, Dan. It's gone away. No, and, no, and that's my God. certainly part of it. You got your former school president who is on trial right now. Um, you had numerous people throughout the athletic department that have obviously been, you know, cast under a bad light, lost their jobs. Mark Hollis walked away in the midst of this stuff. Um, it still hangs over the program. There's no doubt about that. And you know They're what? trying to move past it. They're trying to get away from it. But that's a pretty massive cloud to have over it, in particular when you have ongoing trials that relate back to it. And it reeks to me, I'm sorry, man, you know, Bill Beekman, it, not a big-time athletic director. That's me, not you. I'm saying it. I, he shit the bed. Well, the way I'm looking at this is you did an eight-day search and I'm, I'm hearing D'Antonio was promised his pick in Fickle, right? Then you hear that the Board of Trustees wants a search. So now Fickle's like, well, fuck it. D'Antonio walks. And you've got no choice but to double a guy's salary who's been a head coach for a year. Now, he is a fine coach. There's no doubt about it. Consider one of the, the best, you know, assistant coaches in college football. But... Now the guy becomes the second highest paid public servant in Michigan, and he walks into Michigan State making more than when Harbaugh walked into Michigan. Well, they, they paid for the incompetence that they showed during the search. <laughs> My man. They, they, they paid for the problems that they had within the athletic department. They paid for the timing of Mark D'Antonio's retirement. They paid for all of those things, and that's why you ended up where you are. And in fairness to Bill Beekman, yeah, he's on the job, and it's up to you to do the job, but he's a new athletic director. 
who does not have the experience that others do. I think if Mark Hollis had been there for this, this would have gone differently. It would have looked smoother. But in fairness to Bill Beekman, he was put into a horrible position to have to conduct this search at this time with all these dark clouds around the, 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 the university. So, I mean, it's, the, guys, as we said at the beginning, there's a million layers to this right now. Um, if you're a Michigan State fan or many members of, of that athletic department, you're probably looking at it and you're saying, well, it ended up pretty good because we got a pretty good guy that we're happy with. I think it's the process that bothers people. Probably the money bothers people, but at the end of the day, if he wins, nobody's going to care about that. <laughs> Absolutely. So this, is this a step towards stabilization of the program? You do still have all these dark clouds, um, and, and certainly Mel Tucker, I think, did an excellent job of whoever, dis, whoever negotiated his contract. I mean, he came, they asked, he came back. So, I mean, if you're somebody's second or third choice, certainly they have to pay for that. But what are the first two or three things that have to happen, Dan, in order for Michigan State to start to feel some stabilization? Well, I think this. I think there's a couple different ways to look at your question, and it's a good one. Because, A, you have stabilization just because there had been so many questions about Mark D'Antonio. I mean, look, when he announced he was staying in November – that was a tepid response from most Michigan State fans. I think there were a lot of people that felt like it was time to move on. So uh, just to jump in there, just to jump in there, I mean, and, and what's up with D'Antonio? You didn't bring your successor in for that smooth transition. You refused to make any kind of change. So he's the number one culprit here, in my opinion. He tried to, though, to D'Antonio's defense. He yeah. tried to and got a lot of pushback. Yeah, and, and there's differing stories out there about what he was promised in terms of being able to name a successor and things like that. And clearly he wanted Fickle, and it did not work work out. Um, but in terms of stability for the program, look, I think just having somebody in there who starts fresh, there's some stability there, but there is instability when you have lawsuits and the other dark clouds that are hanging around. I think what has to happen ultimately is you need to get these lawsuits taken care of. You need to see how they end up. You need to see if there's any NCAA issues. You need to see if there's anything that comes out of this that, that casts another dark light upon the program. If if those NCAA allegations uh, of violations are true. Um, so, I, I, yes, it's a step towards stability because you now have a guy in there that nobody is thinking, man, it's time for him to go. He's run his course, as many were with Antonio. But I think there's other things hanging out there that still have to be sorted out before you can say, okay, you're on solid footing now. Let's just move forward. All of this is behind us. It's, it, it's not behind him yet. But having him in there is a meaningful step. Yeah, no, I just the last word on this. Uh, call me a bozo. Call me a goof. Call me an old man. As a guy, you know, who lettered in Michigan, you know, cheerleading, but it's a letter, motherfucker. There you go. I'm a Michigan <laughs> you got a man. You to put that letter on. <laughs> I, this is a case of letting an athletic department run the culture of a university. And it's chiseled in stone when you walk to East Lansing. University. The, the athletic department should not run it. And so I'm happy with what's going on in Michigan. It's stable. We're back to nine and three. That's all we ever used to do anyway. Stop with the championships. We don't have, you know, rape allegations and sex scandals. And you just have a point guard who drives too late at night. Right. <laughs> Oh, that's kid shit. You know, that is so I mean, Wolverine of you, Charlie. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm all right with it. Some of what you're talking about God. defines college athletics. I mean, look, they're big on a lot of campuses across the country. Michigan's and, and different. And let me say this. Although I, I didn't <laughs> like the way that he walked out of there, 
when Mark Hollis ran the athletic department, things were smoother. And I just think, as I said, I, I truly believe while there are things I could criticize him for, had he been there in this moment, I think things would have gone much differently. Yeah. But your, your, your uh, point there about an athletic department running a university is probably a bigger conversation that could go on at a lot of different schools around the country. These, these coaches have tremendous power and they have tremendous power because they raise tremendous revenue and they do get more students to apply to the mm-hmm. school because they're there and they're on TV and they get people excited about it. It's, it's, it's a big conversation and I'm not saying you're wrong, but there, there are reasons that that happens at places around the country. And sometimes it can run amok, and that's where you get problems. And nothing illuminates that point more than all the money going to the college football coach when victims are still fighting for some of the money that happened. That's true. Not, to, con- said, not there, to connect there are the two things entities. that still need to be cleared up. And yeah, you know and what, you, man? You Only twenty athletic departments in the country even even break even. That's fraud, though. That's because they're nonprofits. We'll see what happens yeah. when they have to pay the players. Yeah, yeah right. get into some, Charlie. I'll tell you what, get into some of those books sometime, and I think you'd be you'd be pretty you happy would. with the plus and minus in a lot of yep. those books at major universities, in particular the ones with with successful college football. I just when, when Harbaugh came Water to Michigan, in their locker when Harbaugh came to Michigan, I I did some math. Okay, the top fifty college football coaches in America made a combined $165 million a year, the top 50. As a comparison, the 50 governors of the United States earned a combined $6.5 million. Dan, you're a that sports guy. Right. Have we lost our minds? As a sports guy, that seems perfect to me. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. I, I, think, I think we're on to something here. <laughs> okay, on to the next thing. Um, Justin Verlander. Oh, Justy. Okay. You know, he wins his ring with the Astros. Now it turns out, because it's, you know, spring training now, he's got to admit it. Verlander knew that the Astros were picking off signs, and he said, quote, I wish I had said more. Like, he, he, he wasn't comfortable with it. He wishes he would have said more. And looking back, I can't reverse my decision. I wish I had said more, and I didn't. And for that, I'm sorry. And he should have added, but check out this ring. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, no. they, they all cheated. They all got no. caught. And yesterday was the first time a lot of them talked. Some of them embarrassed themselves, like the chairman of the Astros, saying that it didn't have a, an effect on the games. But <laughs> I, I don't know what they're going to say other than just throwing themselves on the mercy of public opinion because they did it. It was wrong. Nobody stood up and said it was wrong. So I, they're, they're in a brutal position. I don't, I don't really know at that point what you're supposed to say. None of them are giving the ring back. None of them are going to say it gave us an unfair advantage, and we would we would have won. You know, wouldn't have won without it. So I, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's it, none of it sounded good yesterday. It just sounded like a bunch of people searching for words, trying to get to the end of an interview. But do people really care? I mean, do they? Well, yeah, I think we, they do. We, we I think do. there are, I think there are lines that you can cross in sports that that people do find distasteful. I think this is one of them. Look, people have been stealing signs for a long time. But when you start bringing electronics into it, uh, I think there is probably a point where people say, okay, this, this, this isn't acceptable, even in the, the weird, unwritten rules of baseball. I, I, I do think people care to some degree. In particular, I think when you throw up some of the statistics that, that came out of this, home and away splits, how much better they, some of these guys hit at home than they did away. Home, they had the, the sign stealing away, they didn't. So, yeah, I, I, I think they do, and I think 
sometimes when the answers that you get, like yesterday, and people are talking about it, are not acceptable, I think people care even more. I think it makes them, it, it, it makes it sound even it's worse. It's a lie. Well, you know, I'm not talking Bregman or Altuve. I'm talking about Justin Verlander, who puts himself up as the paragon of fair play. Now it turns out the guy knew. So well, what does this do to his legacy? Charlie, you've been doing this a long time, and you've covered a lot of politicians. <laughs> and you have a lot of politicians that will hold themselves up as, as, you know, everything that is right and moral. And then when they get caught in the middle of something that is not right or moral, they have very little to say. And I think that's where JV is. JV has long been somebody talking about cheating in baseball and juice balls and things like that. But he didn't have much to say yesterday when he was right in the middle of something. So, damn, Dan, that's solid, bro. Solid. I'm right. here for you, man. Well, you're you're the you're the uncle. Like this this is a huge sports town, and you're the uncle of it. And I just heard what you said. All right, Justin, go sit down. I will see you at the hall. But but I you know I I dug the guy. He he was a guy I follow. I take a dump in the morning and and I'm seeing if he's pitching and I'm pulling for him to win the the Cy Young. And you know we all fuck up. But I you, have we, hold on. I have fucked up, Dan. But an really? inveterate cheat. <laughs> An inveterate chief. Uh, we we call we used to call it musty JV. So yeah, he he was we we loved that. But look, yesterday wasn't the finest hour for anybody. I don't know how I would have handled it. I don't know what they could have done different. But uh, it, it was not good, and I didn't. I look. You didn't appreciate they, it. They just need to get to tomorrow quickly. Um, you know what? The the, the fifty seven Giants, right? They came yep. storming back from like what fifteen out in the last month and a half. Is it right? uh, Bobby Thompson? Bobby Thompson. Yep. You know the yep. Giants are going to the series. They did it too. They did it too, Dan. <laughs> they they drilled a hole in the center field wall with a telescope and then a um, uh, Morse code. Deet, deet. And the catcher in the bullpen would hear it. And if it was a fastball, he would he would talk he would toss a baseball, and you knew it was a fastball. I interviewed that guy. His name's Sal Evars. And it's the only, it's, there's only two signed baseballs I have is Sal Evars, the guy that gave the signal to Bobby Thompson on the home run and all the guys from San Quentin when I went there to play ball. So (laughs) that seems about right. I mean, a Morse code is better than banging on a garbage can. (laughs) They're all criminals. (laughs) They're all criminals. (laughs) Charlie collects criminal uh, memorabilia. That's right. (laughs) Okay. Dan. Yo. Voice of the Detroit Lions. Where are they going with this draft? They've got a well. I'm just not. I'm gonna get out of your way, but um, Quinn and Patricia, they got a win now mandate. Are, are they looking to plug some holes and win now? Or are they building for the future? What is the direction? And what I do think you, you gotta. I think you gotta win now. It's, it sounds like. Look, I don't think they can survive another five and eleven season. I think they would tell you they have to win now. Uh, I don't think you're in a position where you can. You can put in for a rebuild and say we're two to three years away. They just don't have that. Not right now. Not the way the first two years have gone. So uh, I definitely think that this is a win now proposition for them. And and to that point, how hard did you roll your eyes when you saw the stories of them trading uh, Matthew Stafford? Well, I mean, look, there's been rumors and things like that, but it just, it doesn't make any sense. It just from a financial standpoint and from a have to win now standpoint, it doesn't make any sense. Look, if you were in a, if you were starting a team and you said, "Hey, we got to draft a quarterback and we got to um, trade Matthew and start over," then that would be one thing. But they're just not in a position to do that with with Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia right now. It's just not. 
not where they are. So who are they going to pick? They're not going to take Tua then, right? They're not. They're oh, not... I think there's so. Look, there's so much that has to happen before then. I think there's a million moving pieces. I think you know you still got to see who's going to trade up, how Tua's medicals are. I still think there's a chance that Justin Herbert's going to move up in this draft, maybe to the top five. So I think there's a million things that are going to take place before you get to that point. But, it, but is the problem coaching or ownership? I mean, because I, you know, I keep hearing what you know the owners aren't doing, they aren't allocating, they aren't giving the whatever in terms of being able to make the decisions to build a winning team. Is yeah, it because we keep talking about winning every year and we're still not doing it? No, I understand that, and I understand that, that the Fords are the constant. But look, the Fords aren't picking players, and the Fords aren't calling plays, and the Fords aren't tackling anybody. And and, and from everything I've seen, look, they're. they're when Bob Quinn was hired, he was considered, you know, to be an up-and-coming general manager, and everybody thought the Fords made a great hire. So, you know, I, I find it hard at that point to say, okay, this is this is Ford's fault that they've, you know, they're coming off a rough season. Um, so, I'm a big believer in, in you hire people and you let them make their decisions. I think they do that for the most part. Mm-hmm. Now we just have to see if, if these are the right people. I agree with that to the most part, but you, you just hit on it. They are the ones hiring the people to do that, and it always seemed like the knock on uh, uh, William Clay Ford was that he was too loyal. He was yeah. too loyal to Mayhew. He was too loyal to Millen. And Martha's- yeah, I think that's fair. I think when, when Russ Thomas lasted as long as he did and Matt Millen lasted as long as he did, that loyalty hurt them. But that's and- why I got upset when they kept uh, Quinn and Patricia because it just seemed like this, this isn't working. This isn't going to work. Is, and, it, and is this another version? Maybe of they that? don't have the ability to find people who could make the right decisions. Maybe that's their well, greatest fault. Again, but go. I think it's it's only fair. I think you do have to go back though and look at, at when they were hired and what most people around the league thought was that these were good moves. And sometimes it, it doesn't work out. Now, look, I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and you know tell you that they've done a great job because ultimately it comes down to winning. But they have to. You know, uh, and as far as this third year that they've given Matt Patricia, look, I, I think that's a fair conversation that you can question whether or not they should have been brought back. They do have one more bite at the apple, and we'll see how it works out. But um, I think they understand where they are and what they have to do and, and the pressure that's on them to win okay, and to well, win now. What is, what is the minimum that they have to accomplish to keep their job? I think you have to be viable in December. I think you have to be playing meaningful games in December. You can't be sitting there at four and eight in December and, and out of the playoff chase. So what if you're like seven and seven and you're going for a wild card? Is that good enough? Well, I, I think it depends on what I, I would think it probably is. It would show upward growth and it would show, you know, an, uh, an, an ability to say that we're moving in the right direction. But let me you know, write this down. Let me write this down. Seven and seven. <laughs> Hold there's on. Let me write this down. Dan Miller. Says. says seven and seven good enough <laughs> call me back next time guys i gotta run wait real quick one me. last one one last one brother you there yeah okay uh every team see this is why you're a genius because you make sports interesting in a town where they're not the tigers had a historically bad year last place the the Red Wings an historically bad year the Lions terrible the Pistons garbage now, the only thing they have in common besides being garbage is we, the taxpayer, are paying for the stadium in which they don't share revenue. The question being, is there profit in being a loser if you can get the public to pay for it? Sure there is. <laughs> yeah, there is. I mean, if, That's if, outrageous. You get, if, you can, if you can get money from your TV rights deals and your, and your radio rights deals and your network TV deals and all those things and you get people to come to the stadium... 
sure there's a way to be profitable, but it's a lot more profitable when you're winning. And, and the losing part of it makes it difficult to make money over the long run. It's because ultimately you burn through your equity with people and they become apathetic and they don't come to your games and buy your tickets and pay for parking and pay for beers. My man, but we still pay for their stadiums and then get away with it. I told you Dan Miller was the best. My brother, thank you for the time. Anytime, brother. Appreciate you. He's Thanks, awesome, guys. Man. See you, Thanks, Dan. Dan. He's a freaking journalist, man. That was good. Yeah. Huh? That was good. I love that guy. I know, but I told you I was in an airport or something and they were like, do you know Dan Miller? I mean, they just went crazy. I'm thinking like, okay, out of all the people in Detroit, they wanted to know about Dan Miller. Very well respected. Dan was a guy like, he was just interested in what I was doing. You know, politics Mm -hmm. and the city and and we would just sit in there and toss. parallel. We toss a baseball around and just spitball ideas about journalism and, you know presentation and life and the and the parallels and the intersections of what we did and I, I do I admire the guy. Mm, nice I, he's, guy. He's excellent. And he's look, he's the voice of the lions and he's telling you the truth. Yeah, you can't you can't beat that. But you gotta think about when you talk about what's going on with Justin Verlander. I mean you look at all the incidents. Remember the deflated Garbage. footballs. Think about uh what's your guy the the Tom the, Brady. Tom Brady, but I'm also th- Matt Patricia. His issue gone. Oh. The the coach from the from the Tigers. His issue gone. The- but I'm sa- I understand. Right. But I'm right. saying it, it comes up. Um, you know, Watson, Watson, Rossenberger. What's his name? Rossen. Not he's not here. But I'm saying it. Way ha- to prepare for the broadcast, Karen. Hey, you know, I didn't know what the hell we were talking about. <laughs> but but, <laughs> but uh, you did hit on a good point with the do people care about the Verlander thing? And my immediate response was kind of like Dan. Yeah, we care. It makes us mad when people cheat and rip us off. But then when he's on the mound, we're all going to be watching again. About it. So to the to your point, yeah, we we, we will easily forget about I mean, it because the, we are entertained. What's the journalist? Uh, your sports guy from the Free Press. You know, he told he Sean Windsor. No, uh, the the columnist, <laughs> uh, the writes the Mitch books. Album? Yeah, you know, look what he did Who's twice. You know, and I'm just saying, and everybody just just let it go. I'm saying, so what do we really? Oh, no, whether it's right. politics, whether well, it's okay, sports, no, whether no, it's no, whatever. Come on, come on. I, as I said, people make mistakes. I understand that. I've been rung up for plagiarism. Let's stop. Per- I made a mistake. I, I, I take a sentence. I take a paragraph. I admit it. I go on and I try to do better. Do you pay a price? Of course, you pay a price. Did he pay a price? Uh, he is with me. Okay. You know, like, it's not like, you know, he was scuffing up a ball. You know, he, he did something once or twice. This was a, a, this is how you got your ring, dude. And you're the guy moralizing to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> moralizing for years. It, it, he lost me. Tom Brady, not a moralizer. Did he? He's a robot. My, my point to. was right. that we care for a minute. That's That was my only You're point. Right. I was bringing up all those examples because that concern lasts for as long as the next issue that comes up. And, well, then, we're, and then we're fans again. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, we, can, can we at least pretend we have some outrage to the end of the fucking show already? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. That happens in all walks of life. It happens That's with, what I'm saying. Politics, everything. Music. Everything. Music. Joe Biden. Remember he he had. A, I said politics. The, fir- sports, well, the first time everything. he ran, he got rung up for like plagiarizing what MLK. Uh, it was a it was a British um, uh, politician. He plagiarized his speech. And MLK plagiarized in, his he, thesis. He was influenced by it. Yeah, you know, you know. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what people and then, say. And then it's like there's that. a diff- Well, people find excuses for the people they like. Yep. 
and they can critique those that they don't like. So that's, And if it's politics, it's ideology. If it's yep. music, they like the songs. And yep. if it's sports, they win. It's the same thing. You're well, right, me, Mark. You just summed it up. Let me tell you But this. it makes me mad. It makes me mad. You know what makes me mad? The federal government is now demanding evidence from the city of Detroit. You allowed an asbestos bomb to go off in the city and poison the people when an apartment complex got torn out. I reported it. And now... HUD is wanting the money back that paid for it, okay? The other part of it is that building that's in Deadline Detroit today, just read it. I know it's not green ooze, but it probably injured a lot more people. But, of course, they're Detroit. Yeah. Come on. And, by the way, Metro Detroit, they were trucking that shit through your neighborhood. That's true. It's all of us. But that's in Rashida Tlaib's district, just a couple, not even two miles from where she lives where all the— European guys walk around with their man purses. She lives in some apartment <laughs> complex there. A Not a word purse. out of her. I'm outraged by it. But hey, has she been around here? I mean, I honestly don't know. But has she been? Does she come back a lot? She comes back for PR shit. Okay. Like, you know, there's a lawsuit. She's staying there. You don't have anything to do with the lawsuit. Well, she did make time a couple times to come on the show. So we've gotten her there. No, but I, she is back. I, she is back in the area. She, she's back. I'm just, she's not my district, so I'm not paying attention she's to it. Back. But. Hey, Rashida, Every time help I see her, it's a national the issue, the not as- a local right. issue. Right. The asbestos bomb, I took care of it. I called you. You didn't help. Maybe you should run for Congress. <laughs> hmm. hmm. Which seat? <laughs> Let's think about that. Well, look, Detroit, look, here's the thing. You know who, look, your demo program is fucked up. The feds are in there. We got grand juries. You need to hire somebody. You need somebody that pays attention to the bottom line. That's how success is measured, the bottom line. Whether it's government or private industry, you're measured by results. So get the job done right, on time, on budget. ADR Consultants, 248-318-9424. I know you know him, Mike Duggan. I know you know Call him back. Get the shit right. It's four years of this. Don't wait for the after-the-fact accounting. Get yourself some experienced advice. ADR. Overseeing more than a quarter billion dollars in private and public construction projects since 2001. ADR, competent. Reduce your costs. Increase your bottom line. They're experts in procurement, government compliance, information technology, property management. Yes, demolition. Go with ADR for your company, municipality, or law enforcement agency. ADR, honest, ethical, smart. Call Barry Ellen Tuck at 248-318-9424 for a solution. What a beautiful segue. I'm pretty good at it. That was damn good. I'm in awe. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? It was. That was a really good segue. I didn't realize it was a commercial until about five seconds ago. It's not a commercial. Uh, An Okay. Yes, it's an endorsement. Get the shit done right. I'm down in my basement dying. Lower level, Charlie. (laughs) No, no. The garden mezzanine. I outdid you. You like that? Garden mezzanine. (laughs) Garden mezzanine. Okay. Okay, and if you listen, if you want to get a house with a garden mezzanine, with a garden mezzanine and that, a lower level, I, right? That, I would need some kind of financing. You would need uh, a good, cheap mortgage. That's what yeah. we're all looking for. How about if I told you like four percent, little less than four uh, percent? I would think that's impossible. What if I told you, you could take care of the credit card debt at the same time? What? Yes, you may or may not know. That rates right now are within fractions of a percentage point of their lows. I, who could I call about this? this? Oh, God, yeah, that's funny you say that. I got it. Mm, David Hall. 
Okay, let me write that down. 248-308-5000. That's real simple. 248-308-5000. It rhymes. 248-308-5000. Or go to davidhallmortgage.com. Right? Right? Beautiful. Right. They got over 1,000 five-star reviews. Uh, who just, somebody just texted me. Fuck, it's funny. ADR Consultants just texted me <laughs> and said, my daughter's looking for a house. Who do you know at Hall Financial? And conveniently, you said. I said, give me a second. Bob, who got his right. mortgage through Hall, raves about it. Yeah, he does. I'm going to get the guy's number and get it to ADR. He had enough money to go to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> and take the step-grandbabies. Kids, yeah. Take an extra day. There ain't no such thing as a step-grandbaby or grandbaby. Just what I'm saying, kids. Just kids. Yeah. And nobody, yeah. nobody knows that better than David Hall. He wants you and your grandbabies to enjoy your life in a nice home that you can afford. Or maybe you want to refinance it for their college. Go to Hall Financial, 248-308-5000. Or... DavidHallMortgage.com. Listen to this. They're an equal housing lender. NMLS number 1467435. You know what NMLS is? Uh, it's their registered number it's, for... It's the uh, National I don't know what it listing. Merchant, Mercantile Listing System. Yeah. Meaning, That's, basically, you look so, them up... Sounds like a lot of paperwork. They're registered. This is no fly-by-night. This yeah. is, this is a, they're, a, they're a big and good Legit. deal. Yes. You know, you guys ought to capture that, and that should actually be the spot for you. <laughs> you mean that the endorsement? Well, I'm, I'm going to call it a spot. Yeah, that was good. That was smooth. Now I'm in awe. <laughs> That's not an. In, that, that was just some general information. I said a spot. I People didn't say. Want. Mark said it. It wasn't a little transparent. Nah, that I knew where he was going. Not at all. Look, okay. I, I don't know what it's. I mean, that was a conversation. It's really objective to me. Listen, folks. Here's the thing. I'm a student of economics. I study finance. I'm going to tell you something about this comment. I, I sit there and do a lot of work. Here's the deal. The economy grew by a half a trillion dollars last year. But the federal government had to borrow $1 trillion to accomplish this. That's voodoo. Your paycheck's going up a little bit. That's good. But your debt is at an all-time high. That's bad. More people are employed, or the unemployment rate is down, but... The adult population who actually works is less than it was eight years ago. There's a term for it, yeah, the prime age. Uh, it's, it's called the labor participation yeah. rate. 2554s, yeah. Yeah, more people were working eight years ago. So you, you ask, how can that be? I said, when people don't look for work or they gave up looking for work, they don't even count as unemployed. Mm-hmm. And we now have 15 million people on disability. Wow. They're not part of the labor force, but we pay for them. You got we, your wealth, the actual stuff you own, subtracted by what you owe on it, has collapsed 33% in 10 years. This is like Christmas dinner on a credit card. It's awesome. We're having a great time. And the cold fangs of January are coming. Right around the corner. Like, you know, it's election time. Demand more. Don't buy into it. Do your homework. Do your homework. Don't expect them to fix anything either. Yep. Look, we're just look. Remember, AOC was criticized mm-hmm. for confusing two economists. Yeah, she, she Keynes and um, John Maynard Keynes and, and uh, Milton Friedman. Friedman yep. Now Keynes came up with came up with government stimulus spending will increase the national economy. Mm-hmm. 
Friedman was the exact opposite and said the government shouldn't spend anything. You should inject money into the economy. People will borrow it, spend it, create businesses, and that will grow the economy. We're doing both. The government is borrowing a trillion dollars. We've cut taxes. We've increased money supply. The, the Fed is, is uh, quantitative easing. We're printing money to buy our own bonds, which are IOUs. We're doing both. This is super stimulus. This isn't a great economy. I never under, I mean, I, I, Hey, who doesn't like a tax cut? I love a tax cut. Well, yours, yours is running out. Now. I, I, and I'm one of those people that felt corporations needed a tax cut from 30, what was it? 33, 36. Yeah. Uh, was the, statutory, but they were really paying 20 and he was supposed to make it 20 and get rid of loopholes. But of course that doesn't happen. That never happens. So now the 20 is really an 8%. Okay, fine. I'm all for a tax cut at the right time. Right. Why did we do it when we did it? Well, here's because here's the thing. Because of the ego of You cut taxes to stimulate an economy. Yes, we right? didn't need to yet. Well, we what happens to... when we need to? Well, that's what I was talking to bankers. Like, let's say it always happens. So when the economy takes a shit, what mechanism does the government have anymore to stimulate the economy? You've already cut taxes to the point that we're running in the red. You've already blasted a bunch of money out there and we're worried. Infl- inflation hasn't come yet. Why hasn't inflation come yet? If there's all this money out there, well, inflation means this. Yeah. Your value of $1 is less than what it was last year. It's very low right now. Why is that? It's supposed to be going up. Well, the problem with it is are they correctly measuring services? Because services have inflated beyond belief. Your child care. That could be one. um, That never got hurt in the recession. You mean the inflation rate is through the roof. Inflation doesn't include food and it doesn't include fuel. You got it, yeah. And then there are other inflation rates that will measure, you know, housing prices and, and, you know, medical prices and education, but not the one that they give you. Now, the stuff you buy hasn't inflated much at all. The services are just So what's your take, Charlie? The other part is this. Well... They shipped your jobs overseas, okay? So you're, you're, you're working for $10, $12, $14 an hour. Yeah, yes, the wages are going up, but only, only they're bouncing. They're yeah. not doing much. Yeah. They're not, your job is gone, right? Number two, machines have taken over your job. So when we're producing wealth, people don't get to share in that productivity. Like you make $1,000 on... Remember when GM would have 10,000 people in a plant? Mm-hmm. Okay, now they've got 1,000 people in the plant, right? Mm-hmm. But the 1,000 people aren't being ten, paid 10 times as much. Yeah. They're 10 times more productive, but they, they, their shit didn't go up 10, 10 times because it's being pocketed. It's being pocketed. And you, you, don't, have you, to pay, and you, and you don't have to pay the automated systems. You, there's you a don't have to pay robots. It, but you don't pay them. No, I mean, there's been a major shift from manufacturing in this economy to service. But how many services are going to be available for all those people that lost jobs in manufacturing? Right, and then service. Yeah, exactly. and, and service jobs job would be a bank teller. Exactly. exactly. Except that's being automated. Well, yeah, it is. Or the fast food worker. That's being automated. automated. So how, how in fear of robots or automation in general are you? Because if you look at, you know, 150 years ago, this was all agriculture. People were freaked out when those jobs went away. And they made other jobs. 
how much how many more jobs are there to be created that we don't know about yet i don't know that's a good point but here's the thing i don't want to bank i would never want to bank on that especially if i'm working day to day and i'm worried about me i'm not banking on. here's what every economist it's called the theory of the leisure class every economist believed that what we should do is create an economy where we get paid a living wage, a good wage, where you work less, you have more leisure. Yes, you work 20 hours a week and make the same amount of money. That's how it was supposed to be. We're not anywhere near it. The problem with that, though, is my neighbor's going to work 40 hours. Yeah, I'm going to, too, because I don't like laying around. Well, not only that, but if everybody else is doing that and I can make more doing a little bit more, I'll do that. Oh, shit. That's capitalism. If, if, if. You forgot what? I forgot about uh, Bonnie the White Chick. Uh-oh. How dare you? We got to get Bonnie the White Chick. Is she, is she incarcerated I, now? I'm gonna say, like you're calling her from jail? We'll find out. We're going to call her, right? Let's, let's spoil the surprise. She couldn't have gone far. Okay, but before we do that, <laughs> sorry. here's the thing I'm demanding. Demanding. I was enjoying that conversation, though. Yeah, we, but, we gotta, you know, we, I, we're I, not going on for two I hours, understand. Karen. This I isn't know. 9, 10 a.m. Thank God. I'm just saying that I, we need to talk about that more because I, I don't think people understand all those factors. What did you say? Write it down. I don't, T- can we... Talk about that more next week. Talk about that more next week. Got yeah. it. Well, here's what you got to know this week. Today, as I speak to you, we have 10 weeks, exactly 10 weeks, until the Statue of Limitations kicks in in Flint. The beginning, it triggers. Mm-hmm. There could be crimes after, you know, uh, April 25th. But... Whatever occurred on April 25th, the statue, it's a deadline. Miss Attorney General. I haven't heard anything about it. Nothing. We are entitled to an update as to what you're doing because by this point, no matter what you think about how Shooty handled it, people were going to court. We're not hearing shit. This is day 2121. 2121. 2121 since they switched over to drinking dog piss. And we got nothing, not one dollar recuperated, not one day in jail for anybody. And we're left in the dark. So who's not, we know who's not doing it, but who's not demanding that it be done, Charlie? I mean, that's so open ended. I I don't know. I'm demanding it. I understand that you are. But I'm saying I haven't I haven't heard anything from anybody. Where's I mean, the editorial page, well, people? That because this was a front page story locally, nationally. Also, those people that are in Flint. Has the mayor made that demand? Has he made, uh, made that demand public? I mean, what's happening? You do it. Okay. Demand I, it. I demand to know. Well, of course, Charlie, I want to know. Well, I mean, we, we do say it. that Go all on the, the time. I am going Dana on the Nessel, call her out. You're a powerful woman Dana, in this state. No, I am not. But I just, as a person who lives in this state, who cares about the community and cares about the people that are in it, I think we are owed the basic courtesy of an update of a status of what's going on in a community that not only, you know, just wiped out an area, but has set a compromise for generations to come. I mean, I think that everybody, us and them included, are owed that. That's a that's a I want basic. Some, I want some justice. Well, and we need answers. I mean, no, we no, do. no, no. I want some justice. Well, I want to know answers like why we answers had to stop talking. and start all over again. Answers talking. Talk, talk, well, talk, talk, yeah, talk. But That's just, what Dana Nessel's doing. Talk, talk, talk. No, she's not doing that either because we haven't heard, we haven't even heard any, we haven't heard anything. Yeah, before she even got the Democratic nomination, she said she was going to fire the special prosecutor. When the special prosecutor, as you heard on this show, had the emergency managers 
cooperating. That's what I'm saying. They stopped. Everything froze up. Why? That's what I'm saying. Like, why? What was the reason? Ten weeks. Now, I, as we've, I've been told by really good sources, there are some um, indictments sealed. I don't know if they're federal or they're state. I, I know that the AG's got a grand jury impaneled as of last week. I was told no human being was even called to testify yet. We've already had charges on on the governor's people that you dismissed. Are you bringing them back? Are you going to charge the governor's right-hand man with perjury? What We deserve an update. This isn't Soviet Russia. Which brings me to Trump. Dude, I don't care if you like Trump. It's wrong. It's wrong that the prosecutors are bullied by the White House to lessen the charging recommendations from the prosecutors to the judge. That's, that's just good old boy shit. That's the kind of shit Duggan pulls. And believe me, he pulled it because he got the investigation shut down on himself for the demolition from Obama and Hillary. I know I wrote it. Look it up. No, no. You, now it becomes Tsarist Russia. Stay the fuck out of it, Trump. Roger's a creep. He's a creep. So now... Here's the rumor going around, Karen. Here's this segue. Roger Stone, friend of Donald Trump, created Donald Trump, the politician. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump's out there tweeting, it's, it's too long. It doesn't fit the crime, the obstruction of justice and witness tampering. Okay, on a crime that didn't happen, you know, the Russian collusion. Right. That's a whole nother story. But the chatter in Detroit because mm-hmm. Pete Carmanos was on this show. Oh. And Pete says he's lobbying the White House to ask for commutation of Kwame. The word is, maybe it's going to happen. Everybody's talking yeah, about Yeah, they it. are. I told you. I mean, I've had a couple people send me messages and say, hey, you know, I ran into someone who's in that political circle in D.C. And the, it's more than chatter, Charlie. I mean, it's, it's a full-fledged conversation. People yeah, are yeah, having it. So, they are. Yeah. And I don't think they would know. Probably not, but we're talking about it. They are. And so... Does that help Trump? It could. Because Macomb, I don't think, gives a shit if Trump lets uh, Kilpatrick out. I think Macomb or, and people that like Trump would go over a cliff for the guy at this point. Yeah, I do His too. shit's rock solid. Those that hate Trump would will throw him over a cliff no matter what. So it's all the in-between whether I give a shit to get out of bed and go vote, right? Agreed. If Trump were to free Kilpatrick, I don't think that tricks any black voter, right? I don't think so either. But some, some might will. not get out of bed. Like like the pastor that's giving away $300 a Trump route. I mean, he's hosting. Did you see that last night? I have to pull that back up again because I just caught no, the tail. I, 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 just... I don't watch bullshit news. Okay, well, <laughs> I've watched news. Um, and so there's this, there's this black pastor. I, I don't even remember what city it was in. But he is hosting these rallies and he is a staunch Trump supporter. And he is giving out $300 in cash. So they're now talking about does this violate some of the campaign law, but the campaign dollars aren't being very great area and fine line. Why you didn't explain where the money came? Was it his own money? I don't. Well, he has received federal uh, uh, grants and dollars because he has a nonprofit. So it, it's 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 a real strange uh, thing. But for me, I looked at it. it. I thought I looked at it and thought it was almost insulting because what it's saying is that. The black and brown vote can be bought 
for three hundred dollars. Shit, you can buy the white boat for three hundred dollars. I'd sell mine for twenty. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'd say three hundred dollars. Are you talking about? I don't like any of them. I mean, give me three hundred dollars. Exactly. <laughs> Bloomberg. I, I'll be bought and sold well, anytime you want. Giuliani, Bloomberg, New York, and I'm getting a gun in my face. But look, here. <laughs> but if he wants to give you three hundred dollars, here's the thing: is, you know, maybe You'll selling your endorsement. So look, Trump. Let's not forget, Trump pushed forward prison reform. Mm-hmm. Under Trump, fifteen hundred people in for fucking crack possession are out. Maybe another three thousand coming. That kind of works, right? It kind of works. Now, Bloomberg... And it's the right thing to do. Yes. Isn't that why it works? Yes, thank you. And And Mitch McConnell wouldn't let it onto the floor, and once he let it on the floor, it went 90 to 10. Of course. I mean, it is the right thing to do. That's true. So so what does Bloomberg have? See, now, assuming Bernie doesn't get it, because they're trying to take Bernie out. And if if Bernie gets the minority majority of of the votes, you know, of of the... Delegates, yes, he yeah. wins the most primaries, but not the most. If he doesn't get over 50, say he gets a 38, mm-hmm. and you don't give it to him, Bernie's people are nuts, they're rabid. Mm-hmm. They are rad, they are rabid. You could have a Chicago on your hands, the 68 convention. Well, I don't, it's not only because of this cycle, but 2016, I mm-hmm. think they screwed him they, over the when last they fucked time. Them, they, I'm telling really you, man, did. they yeah. did, they screwed yeah. Bernie over. He actually could have beat Trump the first time. Nah. I, I do. I think he I think he would have had a just like Biden. I think Biden should have run the nah. first time around. See that's why they would have they would have had a better chance. I don't see that's why the Democrats are starting to coalesce around Bloomberg. Because nobody thinks like a nut look, things aren't it's the money. Things have not collapsed yet. It's the money. No. It's because American people don't like disorder. They don't like radical shifts and shit unless the boat's sinking and they need to be saved. I would agree with that. I, I think uh, Bernie would have had a better chance coming off of Obama than he would now because it's yeah. such a 180-degree yeah. turn. Yeah, I, I agree. A lot of fear Bernie's time was when, after Bush in 2008. That's still a pretty That's how we got shift. Obama. Yeah. Yeah. When you didn't think that was possible, right? Well, there's, the, there's the Hillary effect there, too. <laughs> Yeah, how about that? <laughs> she can't I, beat anybody. I, it's she really, can't beat the black guy. She can't beat the orange guy. It's really amazing, and it's not policy. It's personality. It is. 100%. I mean, we talked a little bit about that. You know, I mean, she she just, she just had this sense of entitlement. See, like, I'm supposed to yeah, oh, get this nomination. I'm supposed to win. Uh, and then her patronization of the black community, you know, with the kente cloth on her Twitter page. And it's ancient history. Hot sauce. I understand. You but, guys are fucking up my segue. Okay, well, oh, be quiet. I, no, 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 I'm sorry. No, I had this great segue, and now we're talking about has been Hillary. Okay, That's pretty good. You're sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to get white chick Bonnie on the Oh, yeah, we, we need to. We, I, I want to hear this. Yeah, I oh, want you to talk to her. I can't wait. And your timing's perfect. She called back. Okay, see? see? Thank you. Right. So, now here's the thing. If it's Bloomberg, right, who just endorsed Bloomberg, as we said at the top of the show? Wayne County Executive Warren Evans, who used to be sheriff Warren Evans, who is the guy that oversees that rotten county jail system in Detroit that's a federal court order, never had a health inspection. So now you got Warren running a third world pokey with lock him up Bloomberg. Not a good look. Mm. Not a good look. Very nice. Thank you. There's a lot of jail songs. 
I'll lose my card if I sing the song, Mark, so I'm just going to sit here and nod my head. I apologize about uh, shutting you down going off on Hillary, my friend. Oh, no, you're good, Charlie. That's what it's all about. Just so people know, like, this is how you treat each other. Charlie, nobody ever, listen, I think anybody that knows me knows I would not be here if I felt there were any disrespect in this room. I love you. We're friends. We're on the same page. We don't always agree, but we're good. So let's talk. I'll tell you what. To Bonnie. Then let's do this. Just, I, I want to make sure. Okay. Because there's a, a, a little friction in the marriage here. I just, <laughs> Never, Charlie. You, you, please, today, on Valentine's Day, please pick the song, too take out the show okay that'd be your pick today charlie okay let's talk to bonnie what a gift because see you know what if that were the case and i were doing this off the cuff it would be different i thought about it we're gonna go with it see i'd do something completely different charlie so give me next week okay because i need i need to think this out you know okay. i gotta make sure we don't have any bad words let's talk to bonnie well, before I, I forget just, bonnie hold on white white chick bonnie has hey. been waiting long enough hey, hold on white chick bonnie you <laughs> county jail bonnie um my mom was a florist Gentlemen, I'm telling you something. I'm just listen to me close. And the, maybe maybe people get mad at this, but it's true. A dozen roses is the worst. Yes, it is. I worst. Don't do it. Gesture ever. <laughs> do not do it. What? Or those Why? or those damn mylar balloon things. Don't oh, do yeah, those. No, those stuffed you know animals. Don't because do any of that. Because it's so freaking cliche. It is. It's like you spent no Don't time and a lot of money. No time whatsoever actually thinking about the one you dig. I gave Julie, Amer- uh, I gave Julie some this morning. Would you Did give you? Her? <laughs> yeah. Roses? Dude, dude. She likes them. Dude, black eyed Susans. She li- no. Well, no, they're tulips. not. They're hard to find. Tulips. I know. I Spend tulips. the money. I love tulips. I actually tulips. hate roses. I hate roses. They're I mean, so common. You know what I used to bring is this, it's, I forget what they're called, but they look like prehistoric sunflowers. They're like from the desert. They're like crazy. And I would, it's like a big stalk. And a big oh. head, and I'd bring him on dates. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what I brought? Big dinosaur flowers. Go to Trader Joe's if you if all else fails. Go to Trader Joe's. I got tons of flowers. Get eucalyptus, whatever. But don't buy roses. Suck. Man. Yeah. Dude. How you, much Mark. do those cost? Oh, today they're expensive. No, no. Him, him. <laughs> uh, I think it was like forty bucks. Yeah. Now were they old? No, but you know what I did. I, I can't put anything in the house because somebody will find it. A kid will find it. She'll find it. A kid. So I put it in my car. <laughs> oh, and overnight? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. fucked them up. Well, it's me, though. The so freeze. it's, it's perfect. Cut... That's that's pretty much a mistake I would make. Did so. you cut the bottoms From of the stems at an angle? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Come on. The reason you do that is because you open a greater surface area of the zoomim fi- uh, fi- is a phylum. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the, tube, the tubes that suck up water yes. and nutrients. Yeah. So it's a greater surface area. So cut them at an angle. Now, anyway. For some reason, too, you're supposed to put vodka in the, uh, in the vase. No. Put that in my liver, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to make them last longer. I don't know. Hey, uh, hey, white girl, Bonnie. What's up, Charlie? How are you, girl? I'm all right. How are you? Good. Listen, I know your real name. I want to assure the listening audience, our friends, our community, that I did look you up. 
in the, in the records, you are in fact serving time, and you don't want your name to be used because you don't want any repercussions. You don't want anybody treating you bad at the county, right? Sure. Yep. Got a check in there tonight at six p.m. Okay, so now you just gave it up. You're a weekend Ooh. checker in it, so now they're going to find out anyway. <laughs> There's a couple other white girls. They never know. <laughs> There's a couple white. They all look alike. Yeah, well, they do to me. <laughs> Bonnie, do y'all look alike? Um, at times, it depends on how much Aquanet we use, you know, <laughs> or at three o'clock in the morning, how much vodka we've had. <laughs> Speaking of which, when we were talking, let's just get right into that. Healthcare, uh, you know, just just how they treat you when you're there. They bring in junkie chicks and people, right? What what happens there? Explain what you said to me. Uh, well, you know, obviously you go through processing. Everyone, uh, once they're processed through, is supposed to go straight up to medical and, and be examined by a, a nurse or a quote-unquote healthcare professional. Uh, a lot of the times these girls, once they, they've gone through the registry program, they've gone up to processing, they'll sit up in processing for a couple of days before they're even seen by anybody. Uh, they're withdrawing off of drugs, different dope. Uh, alcohol, whatever the case may be. They've been on the streets for a couple of days. You never know what these people are coming in with, and they're thrown into a, a cell block with 20 other people, and, you know, germs are everywhere. There's no real adequate way to, to wash up in the place, so, so, you know, you can only imagine. <laughs> so they're shitting their pants and... Oh, yeah, a lot of these girls that are withdrawing that that have not been seen by anybody... They're they're withdrawing hard, so they're they're vomiting, they're uh, defecating on themselves, they're laying on the floor, and you know nobody comes to help them. They're they're laying there practically dying. And you know if you've done any of your research, it, heroin and alcohol are two of the most deadly substances to withdraw from. You know, time is crucial when they're coming off these drugs, and they don't seem to care. Okay, next one then. Next one. Um... We've had two suicides in two months. Yep, yep. I heard the alarm Saturday morning for uh, the most recent one. What? Tell me. Tell us about the alarm. What is that? Um, you don't hear it on the immediate cell block. You can hear it through the halls. You know, everything's concrete in there, so it echoes. But it's just, uh, you know, a loud kind of do, and it, it'll go off until you know they start to respond. Um, but it. it you know the sound is very distinct, and it's for medical emergencies. Okay. Uh, there's a little bit of a different sound when it's something uh, like, you know, an officer in danger, but uh, you know that medical sound right away. How long have you been in, uh, for lack of a better word, Bonnie? Uh, this will be my fifth weekend. Okay. And what are you in for? Uh, third DUI. What a white girl thing. Listen, listen, before we go any further... Stop fucking doing that. Well, the best part about it is, you know, I know that Michigan State Police are investigating all these uh, these uh, breathalyzer machines because they've, you know, they've found no, fraudulent no, stop, stop, errors. Stop, stop, stop. You, you stop it. I'm innocent until proven guilty, Charlie. You've been we proven guilty. Listen, no, I'm not having that. Nah. You, you did it. You're, <laughs> you're learning a lesson and you won't do it anymore. Tell me that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's I dangerous. will not do it again. It is, a, it is a very, um, it was a terrible mistake that I made. I do live with a lot of regret, but I do believe in my circumstance, uh, 
natural justice of what I'm doing to myself, uh, repaying uh, my mistakes, have been have been tenfold over what the, the state can do to me. Let me ask you something. You sound like one of them white girls that's got a limp. You got a limp, don't you? Uh, a little bit. I think everybody's got a limp. I knew it. <laughs> I, knew it. I know white girls. I love white girls. What is I don't, a don't love a white girl. Why? A limp. What because do you mean? because like, when you she got a little bit of a cigarette uh, scar on her voice, right? Okay. And she she says ain't, right? Mm-hmm. So she's a th- three times in the can, talking about yeah. talking about fucking herself up and destroying her body, right? She she's it's coming back double what she's doing to herself. That's a tough ass white chick from a real place, and a lot of times they got limps because they fucked themselves up. <laughs> Do you shop at Walmart? Well, I'll tell you, it takes a tough motherfucker to walk in a, a county jail every Friday after living a normal, decent life through the week. Has it made and, you and tougher? you got to walk in there. Has it made you tougher, um, Bonnie? Like, has it hardened ab- you any? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what would you it, say? I mean, if the condition, conditions are terrible there. Explain, no, we haven't got to that yet. So ask her to, in your question, ask her to explain what the conditions are and then. Well, it sounded pretty awful from the healthcare aspect. She, she hadn't even got to the, the tell mold, us, the tell, water. I mean, we can all assume they're going to be horrible. So tell us about the conditions. And then what would your reply be to somebody that would say, well, if you don't like it, don't mess up? Excellent question. So tell us, especially well, the conditions part. Tell us what the conditions are, and then so the conditions you deserve it. In itself, are fucking terrible. To be quite honest with Explain you, them. Um, I think dogs live a little bit better in, in some circumstances. You got black mold in drive. every corner. There's no, and uh, in, in there's you know no access to any kind of clean water. The only water that you're able to drink is water that comes out of the toilet system. Um, that's usually very foul odored, uh, gray, uh, brown in color. Um, the toilets back up on a regular basis. You know, if the person in the cell next door to you flushes the toilet, it backs up into your cell. Then you have to flush the toilet again, and it's like pass the shit until it goes down the drain. And it, it, it happens regularly. You know, there's it's never a time when it's, okay, this isn't so bad. It's always bad. Always vermin. There's, you see roaches or, or oh yeah, there's there's rats. bugs probably four or five inches long. I've seen rats, oh. uh, rat droppings, mice droppings. Um, sometimes you know they'll put you on men's processing. That's where it's it's worse when it, it's definitely worse than the women's side on the men's side because it's connected to the uh, the bay where they bring the prisoners in. And you know this because you're a trustee, right? They have you giving the food out and all that, right? Rolling the I, carts around? I'm, nope, I'm not a trustee at all. Um, the only reason What's I know that What's a white girl is, not getting the trustee job for? You, well, white girls are supposed to get the trustee. Affirmative action, Charlie. Right. <laughs> yeah, where's the equality, too, by the way, of men's and women's white prisons? privilege is not a thing in This the country ain't what it used to be. I, ch- I, I want Bonnie to get her white privilege. <laughs> No, they they don't let us do anything but sit there and read our book over the weekend, and that's it. Now, listen, do the elevators work? Um, not all the time. No. Have you noticed the sprinkler uh, heads? Are they painted over? Uh, there is no sprinkler heads in the cell block. So you go in at six. What time do you get out, and how do you sleep? Uh, in my circumstance, I get out early on Sunday because of my employment, but. Most of the girls don't get out until after 6 p.m. on, on Sunday. And uh, sleeping is, is pretty hard to do because you're not really given, you know, it's not comfortable, that's for sure. But, you know, there's there's always sounds. 
you know, you hear people from the psych uh, blocks that are, you know, they bang on the walls all night and, you know, everything echoes in there. So the sounds are all night long, sometimes screaming, sometimes so, banging. So is this an environment that is appropriate for someone on punishment or is this inhumane? It's inhumane. It's absolutely in, inhumane. Um, only only because, it, first of all, most of the people aren't even there for any kind of violent crime. They're there for traffic tickets because society has fucked them up so bad they can't even pay a, a simple traffic ticket. You know, they, they, they just don't have the means for it. So the punishment that you serve in a place like that is completely inhumane. Maybe for a rapist, absolutely, I say throw them in a, in a ditch and cover them with a grate, but... You know, people that I see in there, people that I talk to in there, these, these are absolutely no way good conditions for them. And that is that is the truth, because as the governor's blue panel ribbon uh, committee reported, it's minor traffic violations, drunk drivers, deadbeat dads. Again, I, I, I appreciate the fact that we stopped joking there, that it is inhumane. Yeah, terrible. Did, and yeah, you had no idea, did you? You had no idea. I never realized that side of society until I have had to face this myself. And so if you'd and like just to take us out here on the show, articulate, not crazy. I know, I know that the powerful are listening. Make the statement for all of us since we all pay for that place. We at least like it humane. So I'm going to give you the last word. Something short, sweet, and pointed to our elected officials. Get out of your offices, take a walk through that county jail, and ask yourself, is this the proper treatment that someone has to pay just because they can't afford a a traffic ticket? Get out of your office. Go look at what you're sending people into because they come out worse than they go in. Well said. Now, I, I will tell you, and I, will, I wish you a blessed week, and I will tell you that I've been in communication with the sheriff's office, and it's gone silent. And the county executive is ultimately in charge, and he's gone silent. And I promise you, everybody in there, everybody that pays for it in this community, it's an election year, we will have some answers. It just... This can't. The schools can't be this way. The jails can't be this way. The roads can't be this way. The police can't be underpaid yep. this way. You know, we we just we we can't have it. The water can't be this way. You owe us. You asked to represent us. What I'm finding out is the government are little cliques of people that want to avoid each other, and they're supposed. Democracy is more than just a periodic election. It means in between those elections, you're answerable to we the people. That's right. So look after yourself, Bonnie. Um, call me when you get out, right? Take you to American Coney Island. Yeah, and if you got any problem Absolutely. with this, any problem with this, you let me know. Freedom of well, speech. Well, I appreciate the time, and I appreciate everything you all are doing. Be the voice that people need. Be the voice that people don't have, and God bless you all. All right. Thank you, Bonnie. We'll Talk to you, sister. You. Take Good care. Luck. Hey, listen, right, listen, listen. You. How'd you get that limp? Yeah. How'd you get the limp? Uh, well, you know, I'm from Southwest too. <laughs> okay, how'd you get the limp? Uh oh. Um, I got a I got a bad ACL. Nothing, nothing uh, extravagant. Just a bad ACL. I oh, see. My sister was in a car wreck. <laughs> Next time, just say you should see the other guy. 
Ah, there ah, you go. Good answer. Go, <laughs> Take care of yourself, Bonnie. Thanks for talking Talk to, to us today. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you all. Thanks. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. She looks Bye-bye. good. Good natured. I like talking You're to cool. her. Yeah, you know, I good. like white chicks. I like black chicks. I like chicks. <laughs> I was just saying she was a good person to talk to. Yeah. And I found Women you, really are. And I found you, Mark, and I found a better song to go out since you oh. said I get to choose. It's so. your, yours. Okay, listen, I love you. Happy happy uh, Valentine's Day. That's yeah, fake day, but love you, I, I know. I don't celebrate. <laughs> My wife came in this morning and goes, Hey, them, 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 them. I was like, okay, love you, Charlie. Yeah, you I love too, you. Mark. And hey, babe, uh, if you listen to this podcast, I'm talking to my wife. If you listen to the podcast, <laughs> I love you. Mark, thanks so much, brothers. No problem. It was uh, fun. It was really refreshing. Glad to help out. It's fun. It's good.
I sounded too desperate. I need love and affection. 